0: And do you know how many people would probably, like, run away at the sight of dismembered legs? Yeah. Dude, there's a four-foot bong in a bag of wheat by your bed. Jelly <laughs> Wings, the parlor game for nerds, is nearing extinction! It's in my pod! It's in my pod! <laughs> I will find proof. <laughs> I'm very easily startled, Mr. Fingers. <laughs> I don't know which regulation body would regulate the uh, penis ring that you were talking about earlier. (laughs) I'm ready to remain conscious as we record this show. Hey, welcome to Medical Stuff. My name is Mark. I'm just feeling a little little out of sorts today. Frankum. And this is Chris, but he's not here. So, uh, we're going to say Chris non-existent Pinkston this week. He is out uh, taking care of some Chris stuff. Sorry, actually what he's doing is he's getting himself fitted for his cocoon that will allow him to metamorphosize into Crystal Bond at a later date. Not going to happen any, like next week, but you know, we all know it's coming at some point. <laughs> I believe Chris will be back next week, and uh, we'll be back on track. So, this week we're going to be talking about the endocrine system, but before that I've got a little bit of exciting news. Um, next, I think Friday the 26th, yes, April twenty-six will be the world's pairs championship for Tiddlywinks. Yes, so uh, apparently these two guys are rivals most of the time. That would be uh, Larry Kahn and David Lockwood, uh, who at one time were uh, likened to uh, Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier, but of Tiddlywinks. So it's quite the uh, quite the <laughs> quite the challenge going on there. Uh, but they will put uh, put aside their differences to um, take a championship for the first time in 21 years in the World Pairs Tiddlywinks at the Cham- uh, uh, World Pairs Championships at the University of Cambridge. So, good luck to them, and I hope all goes well. Unless, of course, they're playing against the American team, and that point at that point, I think we'd have to go. Uh, eh, you know, good luck to this pair. So. <laughs> Anybody who's looking to keep up on that or get into the game of tiddlywinks, uh definitely is something that can be done very easily. It's a very interesting game. You know, we joke around about it, but looking at the video and everything like that, it looks like it has actually quite got, got quite a bit of a challenge to it. Not exactly going to get a cardio workout from it, but nonetheless, still have some fun. So, uh, like I said, this week we we'll gonna be talking about the uh, endocrine system, I would like to thank Nolan, a paramedic student from uh, Australia, who uh, sent in this idea on the emails. And uh, thank you, Nolan. We always appreciate ideas and requests from people to see what uh, y'all are interested in. So, let's get into it. The endocrine system is a collection of glands that produce hormones that regulate metabolism, growth, development. Tissue uh, function, sexual function, so, you know, yay for that. And uh, reproductions, uh, well, obviously we take care of sexual function. It also helps with reproduction. Uh, Your sleep and your mood. So, yeah. I don't know what was wrong with my endocrine system today, but, you know, little grumpy pants. (laughs) Actually, big grumpy pants. In general, a gland uh, selects and removes materials from the blood, processes them, and then secretes, secrets? now secretes uh, the finished chemical product for somewhere uh, for use somewhere in the body. The endocrine system affects almost every organ and cell in the body in one way or one way or another. Although the hormones do circulate throughout the entire body, each type of hormone is targeted towards a certain organ or tissue. The endocrine system gets help from the organs such as the kidneys, livers, heart, and uh, the gonads, which uh, would be the testes in the males. Uh, which have a secondary endocrine functions. The kidney, for example, uh, secretes a hormone such as erythropoietin and renin. So, erythropoietin is a hormone secreted by the kidneys that increases the rate of production of red blood cells in response to falling levels of oxygen in the body. And uh, renin is an enzyme secreted by and stored in the kidneys which promotes the production of protein angiotensin. So, just in case you were curious about, curious about that, I was enough to look it up anyway. Uh, but yeah, that's a secondary part of the, uh, or a secondary function, a secondary, a function of the kidneys for the secondary endocrine system. Uh, the thyroid uh, secretes a range of hormones affect the whole body and impact uh, most a uh, host of vital organs in your body, including heart rate, skin maintenance, growth, temperature, uh, temperature regulation, fertility, and digestion. And that way, the thyroid gland is the uh, body's master metabolic control center. Uh, Brain, heart, and kidney function, as well as body temperature, growth, and muscle strength uh, are at the mercy of the function, of the thyroid function. Sorry, it makes it seem like the uh, thyroid is a fair but cruel ruler that, you know, hands out edicts without really discussing it with any of of the other uh, parts of the body. So, hormones, where do they come from? They come from your glands. Uh, you have a number of different glands. You have like uh, the hypothalamus. Uh, you have the anterior pituitary gland. You also have the posterior pituitary gland. You have the uh, pineal gland, which is not to be confused with pineal eye, which was a an alien in Men in Black 2. You, you also have the thyroid gland then the parathyroid gland. Uh, you have the adrenal glands, you have the pancreas, you have the ovaries, you have the testes. So every group does something very specific. And we're gonna go through a couple of those. So the hypothalamus. The hypothalamus is a portion of the brain that contains a number of small nuclei with a variety of functions. One of the most important functions of the hypothalamus is to link is the link is to is to link the nervous system to the endocrine system via the pituitary gland. The hypothalamus is located below the thalamus, hence hypo, and is part of the limbic system. And all vertebrate uh, brains contain a hypothalamus. In humans, it's the size of an almond. So uh, your pineal gland, again, nothing to do with the pineal eye. Uh, the, gl- <laughs> the pineal gland, uh, the conarium or epip- epiphysis cerebrae, is a small endocrine gland in the brain of most vertebrates. Uh, the pineal gland produces melatonin, a serotonin-derived home hormone which modulates sleep patterns, and in both uh, the circadian and seasonal cycles. Uh, the shape of the gland resembles a pine cone from which it uh, derives its name. Well, that makes sense. Uh, the pineal gland is located in the epithalamus, near the center of the brain, between two hemispheres, kind of tucked into a groove where the two halves of the brain... Uh, to terms of the thalamus drawing. So, you also have uh, your, your thyroid gland. Uh, the thyroid is thyroid gland or simply known as the thyroid. <laughs> like Chris is uh, f- uh, simply known as Cristoban. <laughs> uh, just so you know, the whole Cristoban thing came around between a three-way text conversation between Spencer, Chris, and I. And it was a very long in-depth, let's just say, that Spencer has a very uh, very unique imagination <laughs> uh, that Chris and I both appreciate and pile on to at every chance we get. So, uh, so is an endocrine gland in the neck. It uh, consists of two lobes contes- uh, connected by an isthmus. So, your thyroid gland, it doesn't say which isthmus, so it could be connected by Panama at this point, for all we know. Is found at the front of the neck below the Adam's apple, and it secretes three homo- hormones, uh, namely the two thyroid-type hormones, which is thyroxin T4 and thy Oh, wait. Trio, let's see. triiodothyronine T3. And it also, uh, so that's two of them. The third one is calcitonin. The thyroid hormones, T3 and T4, primarily influ- influence the metabolic rate and protein synthesis, but they do a bunch of other things also including effects on development of the body. The calis, uh plays a role in calcium hemo calcium homeostasis. Good Lord where's Chris when I really need him. Uh, your parathyroid gland uh, are small endocrine glands in the back of the in the neck of the human and other tetrapods. Tetrapods developed from the Greek Greek uh, tetpa, which means four and I can't read that other Greek word, which means foot or four limbed uh, animals conducting the super, or, I'm sorry constituting the superclass tetrapoda. but there are a few examples are a few exceptions to these such as snakes it would be considered a tetrapod apparently. Uh, it includes existing and extinct amphibians, reptiles, including dinosaurs and birds and mammals. So that's the tetrapods. Uh, humans usually have uh, four parathyroid glands located at the back of the thyroid gland in variable locations. So, I mean, yeah, women can have a wandering uterus. <laughs> I guess everybody can have wandering uh, wandering parathyroid glands. Uh, the parathyroid gland produces as a secretes parathyroid hormone. Makes sense when you say it out loud. In response to low blood calcium, which plays a key role in regulating the amount of calcium in the blood and within the bones. So... Uh, we have the adrenal glands, which are uh, adrenaline. We have the pancreas, which regulates uh, one of the jobs of the pancreas is going to be a regulation of blood sugar through production of insulin. Uh, then you also on this list have the ovaries. Uh, At Maturity of the ovaries secrete uh, estrogen, as well as testosterone inhibin, and progesterone. In uh, women, 50% of testosterone is produced by the ovaries and the adrenal glands and released directly into the bloodstream. Estrogen is responsible for the appearance of secondary sex characteristics. I hmm. wonder if that's why uh, the sec- uh, once the secondary sex characteristics, sex characteristics are considered getting to second base. <laughs> they are uh, secondary sex characteristics for females at puberty, and for the maturation and maintenance of the reproductive organs in their mature functional state. That's such a clinical way of saying that. Oh, well, how are your reproductive organs? Well, they're in their mature functional state, right? So, uh, right now, uh, the maturation is done and we've moved on to the maintenance stage of my reproductive organs, <laughs> uh, progester- uh progester- progesterone, uh, progesterone, prepares the uterus for pregnancy and the mammary glands for, lact- uh, for lactation, progesterone, progesterone functions with estrogen by promoting menstrual cycle changes in the endometrium. So, uh, the testes, uh, Testes or uh, testicles are the male reproductive go- uh, glands called gonads, and all uh, they're in all in all the mammals, including humans. It is homologous to the fo- to the female ovary. So, uh, homologous or homology is the existence of a shared ancestry between a pair of structures uh, in different uh, in different species. A common example of homologous structures is the forelimbs of vertebrates, whereas the wings of bats, the arms of primates, the front flippers of whales, the forelegs of dogs and horses are all derived from the same ancestral tetrapod structure. So, homogulus. Homologous is the word. Spell it. using a sentence. Impress your friends. So, the uh, male testicles and the female ovaries came from the same origin point. Uh, the, four, uh, the function of the testes is to produce sperm and androgens, uh, the, and primarily testosterone. Testosterone is released, uh, I'm sorry, testosterone release is controlled by the anterior pituitary luteinizing hormone, whereas sperm is a production controlled by both the anterior pituitary follicle stimulating hormone and gonadal testosterone hormones. Wow, Chris has got to come back. I need somebody to carry the, help me carry the weight on this stuff. These words are killing me. <laughs> My dog's looking at me like I'm an idiot. I don't think he believes most of these words. Or he's just irritated because, well, I'm speaking and I'm not petting him. So, <laughs> okay. So, a uh, hormone is any class of signaling molecules uh, produced by the glands in a multicellular organism. Organism's that are transported by the circulatory system to the target distant organs to regulate physiology and behavior. Hormones are diverse chemical structures, mainly of three classes. You have the icosinoids, the steroids, and the amino acid-slash-protein derivatives, uh, which would be amines, peptides, and proteins. Uh, the gland that secretes hormones uh, comprise the endocrine system, the term hormone is uh, sometimes extended to include chemicals produced by cells that affect the same cell. Uh, autocrine or intracrine signaling, or by, or nearby cells, paracrine signaling, signaling. Good Lord. Which we're going to get into here in just a few minutes. Uh, hormones are used to communicate between organs and tissues for physiological regulation, behavioral activities such as digestion, metabolism, respiration, tissue function, sensory perception, Sleep, excretion, lactation, stress, growth and development, movement, reproduction, and mood. So, hormones affect distant cells by binding to specific receptor proteins in the target cell, resulting in a change in the cell function. This may lead to cell type-specific responses that include rapid changes to the activity of existing proteins or slower changes in the expression of target genes. Amino acid based hormones based based amino acid based hormones such as amines, peptides, or protein hormones, are water soluble and act on the surface of the target cells via signal transduction pathways. Steroid hormones uh, being lipid soluble uh, move through the plasma membranes of the target cell to act within their nuclei. So cell signaling. The typical mode of cell signaling is the endoc- in the endocrine system is endocrine signaling. Well, that makes sense, again, once you say it out loud. And that is using the circulatory system to reach the distant target organ. However, there are also other modes, uh, your paracrine, or autocrine or neuroendocrine system signaling. So as a difference, uh, as opposed to neuroendocrine signaling, uh, pure neocrine sin- signaling between neurons uh, belongs completely in the nervous system. So, neuroendocrine signaling is not similar, or they don't do the same function. But your autocrine, uh, autocrine signaling is a form of signaling in which the cell secretes a hormone or chemical messenger called the autocrine agent. Uh, (laughs) I just got a uh, mental image of a... uh, Little guy in your bloodstream, like hiding between walls, between walls, and hiding around corners, and peering at it trying to get through there because you know he's an autocrine secret agent. Autocrine secret agent, man. Uh, the binds to the autocrine receptors at the, on the same wall, leading to changes inside those cells. Uh, the paracrine. Some endocrinologists and clinicals and clinicians include the paracrine system as part of the endocrine system, but that is not a consensus. Paracrines are slower-acting, targeting cells in the same tissue or organ. As an example, this somatostatin, which is released by some pancreatic cells and targets other pancreatic cells. And then you have juxtacrine. Juxtacrine signaling is a type of intracellular communication that is transmitted via oligosaccharide, lipid, or protein components of a cell membrane and may affect either the emitting cell or the Uh, or the immediately adjacent cells. It occurs between adjacent cells that possess broad patches of closely opposed plasma membranes linked by the transmembrane channels, also known as connexons. Connexons? Connexons. Uh, The gap between the cells is usually uh, between 2 and 4 nanometers. Hmm. I'm going to assume that 2 to 4 nanometers is just really fucking small. Seems like a logical jump to me. Uh, diseases of the endocrine system uh, are pretty common, uh, including such conditions as diabetes, uh, thyroid diseases, obesity. Uh, endocrine diseases are characterized by misregulated hormone release, like uh, a pituitary, or productive pituitary ad, and adenoma. Uh, inappropriate response to signaling, like hypothyroidism, the lack of the gland, which is diabetes uh, mellitus type 1, or type 1 diabetes, um, or structural enlargement in a critical site such as the thyroid, uh, toxic multinodular uh, goiter. Hypofunction of the uh, endocrine glands can occur as a result of loss of reserve, hyposecretion, agenesis, atrophy, or active destruction. Hyperfunction can cause... So hypofunction is below normal function, hyperfunction is going uh, to be above normal uh, function, can occur as a result of, the, of hypersecretion, loss of suppression, hyperplastic or neoplastic change, and hyperstimulation. Uh, endocrinopathies are classified as primary, secondary, or tertiary. Primary endocrine diseases inhibit the a- uh, action of the downstream glands, Secondary endocrine diseases is indicative of a problem with the pituitary gland. Tertiary endocrine diseases is associated with a dysfunction of the hypothalamus and its releasing of the hormones. So as the thyroid and its hormones have been implicated in signaling distant tissues to proliferate, for example, the estrogen receptor has been shown to be involved in certain types of breast cancer. Uh, Endocrine, paracrine, and autocrine signaling have all been implicated in proliferation uh, one of the steps required in oncogenesis and oncogenesis also called carcinogenesis or tumorogenesis, is the formation of a cancer whereby normal cells are transformed into cancer cells. So, you know, as much as these uh, hormones, and everything are helping us always a possibility. They may be hurting also. And they definitely move things along. And I would assume, uh, help proliferate uh, the metastasization, metastasization of the cancers, which uh, metastasizing cancers are ones that are moving throughout the body. Uh, so some of the common diseases as a result from endocrine dysfunction include uh, Addison's disease. Addison's disease is also known as primary adrenal insufficiency or and hypro, hypercortisolism and is a long-term endocrine disorder in which adrenal glands do not produce enough steroid hormones. Symptoms generally come on slowly and may include abdominal pain, weakness, weight loss, uh, darkening of the skin in certain areas like along the gum lines. Get a very dark patch right along the gum lines. Addison's disease arises from problems with the adrenal gland such that not enough of the steroid hormone cortisol is produced. Uh, Most often this is due to In the developed world, damage to the body's own immune system. In the developing world, uh, tuberculosis is actually the biggest cause of this. So, uh, moving on. Uh, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, also known as chronic lymphocytic thyroiditis. (laughs) Good Lord, can we just stick with Hashimoto's? Is the most common cause of hypothyroidism in the United States. It is an immune disorder in which antibodies directed against the thyroid gland lead to chronic inflammation. It's uh, not known why some of people uh, make these antibodies, although the condition does tend to run in families. Over time, however, the results of the impaired ability of the thyroid gland to produce thyroid hormones, leading to gradual decline in function and eventually an underactive thyroid. So, you might not notice the signs and symptoms of Hashimoto's disease at first. Or you may notice the swelling at the front of your throat, which would be a kind of a goiter. Uh, Hashimoto's disease typically progresses slowly over years and can cause uh, chronic thyroid damage, leading to a drop in thyroid hormone levels in your blood. Uh, the signs and symptoms are mainly those of an underactive thyroid gland or hypothyroidism. Uh, they can include fatigue or sluggishness an insensitivity to cold, constipation, a very pale dry skin, uh, a puffy face, very brittle nails, hair loss, enlargement of the tongue, unexplained weight gain, uh, muscle aches, tenderness, stiffness, uh, joint pain and stiffness, uh, muscle weakness, excessive or prolonged menstrual uh, menstrual bleeding. Uh, which is called menorrhagia, uh, depression, memory lapses, uh, hypo uh, hypothyroidism, which is Hashimoto's thyroiditis, occurs most commonly in middle-aged women, but can be seen at any age and can affect both uh, men and children as well as women. So uh, next we have Cushing's disease. Cushing's disease is caused by Cushing's syndrome, characterized by an increased secretion of the adrenocortical Tropic hormone, or ACTH, from the anterior pituitary. Uh, the most common signs and symptoms of this are going to be weight gain, uh, high blood pressure, poor short-term memory, irritability, excessive hair growth in women, uh, impaired m- impaired immunological function. Uh, it's called a red or a ruddy face, where you have a lot of like uh, redness in your cheeks. Excessive fat around the neck, or what's called a buffalo hump, uh, the moon pie, or moon face, where you get a lot of the swelling around the, around the face, so it gives you a very round, uh, almost uh, much more flat, flat appearance. Fatigue, uh, red stretch marks, poor concentration, and then for females, uh, irregular menstruation. Those are the more common signs and symptoms of Cushing's disease. Uh, the less common signs and symptoms of Cushing's disease include uh, the following: insomnia, uh, recurrent infections, thin skin and stretch marks, easy bruising. I bru- I had a bruise the other day <laughs> on the side of my abdomen that looked uh, it was dark purple and it was huge. I have no recollection whatsoever how I got it. I'm assuming. I appeared after a day at work, so I'm assuming I walked into something at work, or I came around a corner and caught a piece of equipment, like on a wall or a cabinet, and it jabbed me right in the side. But for as big and as dark as this bruise was, you think I'd remember it? I think I'd remember something about it, but no, absolutely no idea where it came from. Just, oh look, there it is, right there, sort of thing. Uh, so let's uh, moving on. Weak bones, uh, acne, balding in women, uh, depression, hip and shoulder weakness, uh, swelling of the feet or legs, which can be caused by many things, so don't just write this off as, uh, you know, a a thyroid problem. If your legs and feet are swelling up, you definitely need to go see a doctor. Uh, Diabetes mellitus, and then also erectile dysfunction. Definitely go see a doctor if you're having erectile dysfunction. Just personally, that's a very... That's a huge red flag for me. So, uh, moving on, we've got Graves' disease. Uh, Graves' disease is also known as toxic diffuse goiter. So, a goiter is an abnormal enlargement of your thyroid gland. So, it's going to be a swelling of the thyroid gland in the neck. Uh, This is an autoimmune disease that affects the thyroid. It frequently results in and is the most common cause of hyperthyroidism. It often results in a large thyroid. The exact cause is unclear. However, it is believed to involve a combination of genetic and environmental factors. A person is more likely to be affected if they have a family member with the disease. And if one twin is affected, a 30% chance exists that the other twin will also have this disease. The onset of the disease may be triggered by stress, infections, or giving birth. So, there I mean... I could go on for hours investigating all the different types of endocrine systems and uh, just all the diseases they can have. I'm going to hit a couple kind of quick here. This is not going to be an exceptionally long podcast because of this, because it was either like a deep dive where we would be going over terminologies <laughs> and, and, you know, having just a ton of material and being, the podcast being four hours long or just trying to hit the high points. So we've talked about Cushing's disease. We've talked about Addison's. There's also adrenal insufficiency. Uh, The adrenal gland uh, releases too little of the hormone cortisol and sometimes aldosterone. Symptoms include fatigue, upset stomach, uh, dehydration. And you notice that, uh, you know, regardless of the disease, there seem to be quite a few similarities between them, Uh, the signs and symptoms of them, they're not making enough uh, cortisol, you know. <laughs> Seems to be a common theme amongst many of these. Uh, gigantism or acromegaly uh, is a pituitary gland produces too much growth hormone and a child's body, par- uh, body and body parts may grow abnormally fast. If the growth hormones are too low, a child can stop growing in height. You have hyperthyroidism, uh, which can lead to weight loss, fast heart rate, sweating, nervousness. Uh, and we talked about that in Graves' disease. And then the hypothyroidism we touch base on. hypopituitarism, uh, The pituitary glands, uh, gland releases little or no hormones, and this causes a, a slew of different diseases, but one of which is that women may stop getting their periods. Then we have uh, multiple, multiple endocrine neoplasia 1 and 2, with the acronym acronym, uh, MEN-1 and MEN-2. This is a rare genetic condition that are passed down through families. They cause tumors on the parathyroid, adrenal, and thyroid glands, leading to overproduction of the hormones. You have polycystic ovary syndrome, PCOS, which is overproduction of androgens interfere with the development of eggs and their release from the female ovaries. Uh, This is leading cause of infertility in women. Uh, then finally, we have precocious puberty, uh, abnormally early puberty pre- that occurs when glands tell the body to release sex hormones too soon in, in the patient's life. So this can start uh, fairly young. It can happen as early as the age of six in girls and the age of eight uh, in boys. So with precocious puberty, precocious um, they start having uh, signs of metro, uh, the maturization of the body. They start getting hair under the armpits, on the genitalia. With boys, it could be on the face. Uh, there could be the secondary sexual organs could start developing early. Usually, in a woman or in a girl, uh, this is not necessarily indicative of anything serious. But when it does happen in boys, there's a good chance there's an underlying potentially serious medical cause that needs to be treated. Puberty is a big change, even when it comes on the right at around at the right time. And early puberty can cause problems with bone growth. Uh, so talk to your doctor about what's happening, your child's doctor. If it's too soon, they can slow it down. You know they want to. Uh, so the brain releases hormones called gonadotropin-releasing hormone. Your doctor may call it GnRH. It tells the pituitary gland to release hormones causing, uh, called gonadotropins. Sorry, gonadotropins. Uh, they tell the sex organs to make other hormones that start sexual development. In central precocious puberty, uh, sorry, in central precocious puberty, which is actually the full name for it, the release of the GNRH at the younger than normal age starts this process. Most of the time, doctors can't pinpoint an exact age or exact cause for the girls, but research has uh, linked childhood obesity to er- earlier than normal periods. Uh, boys are more likely to have a specific trigger, but other causes can be the history of the precocious puberty, a rare genetic problem, a non-cancerous tumor on the brain or the, uh, in the brain or on a pituitary gland, uh, some sort of brain injury, infections in the brain like meningitis, and if they're being treated for cancer, radiation or chemotherapy can cause this. Again, you know, the signs and symptoms are your hair uh, on the underarms or on the genitals, uh, acne, adult body odor. Nobody wants that, trust me. Uh, Sexual development like breast buds and testicle growth, emotional changes, mood swings. You know, these are all things that uh, that you're going to start seeing. So your child's doctor will likely ask you questions before doing an exam or test. What are the physical changes you've seen? Has their behavior changed? When did you first notice this? Is there a history of early puberty in your family? And if the symptoms are severe, it can be hard to tell if it is actually precocious puberty. Uh, your doctor may want to see your child to see a specialist who uh, focuses on child hormones and growth. It's a pediatric endocrinologist, and he's going to look for the signs of puberty. But he may also check the hormone blood, level, uh, blood hormone levels and your bone age. So there's all sorts of tests that they'll run, CT scans and x-rays and oof. So if your child is diagnosed with this, uh, the doctor, if they find a specific cause, they will treat for that. In some cases, doctors can use a drug to block the sex hormones and prevent further development. Uh, A man-made version of GNRH stops the pituitary gland from sending the gonadotropins. Uh, the doctor can give your child a shot once every month or every three months and he can put in, or you can put in a small implant under the skin of your child's upper arm, which works for a year. Uh, the part of the body where they get, they get the shot or the implant may hurt a bit, and their skin may get irritated around that spot, but there doesn't seem to be any long-term side effects. Uh, you'll probably want to keep up the treatment until your child gets old enough to let uh, the puberty continue around the age of 11 for girls and 12 for boys. Uh, Most doctors treat a child younger than seven years old. When you're thinking about whether to treat CPP or uh, precocious puberty in an older child, you have to think about the child's age, uh, how slow or fast they are developing, how's the child been reacting, uh, the chance of early menstruation, concerns about the height of the child. So kind of an interesting disease, as thankfully very rare. So, Yeah. That's uh, that's what I have. Like I said, this is going to be kind of a short episode, but it was either like this deep dive where we were, I was explaining all sorts of stuff, putting people to sleep, or kind of touching bases on a bunch of different things without having to go too deep under the skin. So I hope you've enjoyed the episode. Uh, please, if you have any questions, comments, convert concerns, uh, ideas, you can get a hold of us on uh, the social media. We're on Twitter at medside stuff m-e-d-s-i-d-e-s-t-u-f-f we're on instagram at medical stuff 52 we're on facebook at medical stuff uh, we have an email address it is m-e-d-s-i-d-e-s-u-f-f medside stuff at yahoo.com so please leave us a message there if you so desire please go to itunes give us a review we prefer five we'll take fours legitimately we'll take anything if you have any you know uh Any questions, though, please feel free to contact us, and we will get back to you fairly quickly most of the time. Uh, I hope you have a good week. We will talk to you soon. I believe Chris will be back next week. We'll be back in full swing and ready to play. So, also, um, next Monday will be our one-year anniversary. So, we're going to actually, I found uh, an episode we thought we had posted, and it was the second taking of our original pilot episode. The first one's, I think, gone into the annals of the delete box. But, uh, yeah, so we're going to post that as a bonus episode next week, probably midweek. So I hope you're all having a good week. We will talk to you soon. And as always, toast.